0: Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us at the Criminally Mental Podcast. We are super excited to have you today. We have our first guest ever today. Zach will be introducing him in just a minute here. How are you doing today, Zach?
1: Living the dream, Cody. How about you? Mm -hmm.
0: You know I'm always living the dream. Thank you guys so much for joining us at the Criminally Mental Podcast, where we talk about the criminal justice system and mental health. Here's our intro. My name is Cody Green, or Schizophrenic Hippie.
1: I'm Zach Galloway, or the most toxic man that you've ever met, according to my exes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. And uh, here is our friend of the show, the host of the VTN Network, first of his name, Commander of the Undead, Wielder of Lucille, Miguel.
2: (laughs)
0: Welcome to the Criminally Mental Podcast, where we talk about mental health and the criminal justice system with your two hosts, Cody Green and Zach
2: Galloway, currently both on Parole and Compassionate Release. Now, here's the show.
1: I love his voice. It's like butter. It's like butter. (laughs) Ah. We just have him do the show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. And we do have Team tri joining us today later on. Um, But yeah, what are we looking at doing today and the following episode zach give us a little rundown of what's going on
1: well it's actually been a really cool we've had a lot of people reach out to us to be on the show all of them are good people that to interview today it's especially cool because team tribe is just an amazing guy he's got a really positive mental health channel but uh this has been moving forward in a great way i think we've had a lot of exposure i mean so many people have made audition tapes we're really enjoying this um and i think more um I did a I did a poll on my TikTok and I'm definitely the handsome one out of us, so that's big news. But uh,
0: I don't know about that. I will say that you did a better WAP than me, but I don't know if you're the handsome one. Um, when it comes to my hair and eyes, I feel like I, I feel like people are just here for my looks and for you to make them chuckle. But I guess we'll have to find hair out.
1: Hair and eyes don't count for nothing when you're face down the pillow, dog. <laughs>
0: All right, I'll, I'll remember that. Um, but yeah, so moving forward, we are going to be interviewing some really cool people. We do have Team Tripy with us today, and we do have Zach or not Zach. We have Colin Ray joining us next week. We really? have Zach here every really?
1: week. Yes, really. for that I appreciate that. It's not like I'm not already Walmart Colin Ray. Now I got to get that on my own freaking show. Fantastic, <laughs> fantastic, great start to this, Cody.
0: I'm really excited that that's how we started this off. <laughs> but yeah. but I am excited to be able to tie together these two different aspects of what, you know, me and you have both struggled with and going forward, um, it's gonna be really interesting to see not only how people talk about criminal justice and mental health, but I'm really excited to see how they combine because that's something, you know, that we have both encountered and especially you with having, you know, you talk about Shaggy in your stories, I identify a lot with like having to suffer with a serious mental illness like schizophrenia. And from what I understand, he was also undiagnosed, right? Because you were always trying to hide his symptoms.
1: So actually the facility we were at, he was diagnosed. But the thing was, they released him from the psych ward as long as his episodes weren't endangering other uh, inmates. So it was one of those things where like we didn't want him to go to the psych ward. So we kind of just like hit him in the cell and they would happen. him which usually ended up with some screaming match with James, the imaginary goldfish, but you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I, I don't have a goldfish that I fight with. Um, but I, I have had some pretty interesting ones and it's going to be really cool to hear about people's experience, you know, with either one side or both sides. I'm really pumped about starting to talk with people on the side we've never been on, which would be cops, CEOs, psych ward, um, workers, Um, how are you feeling about that? Are you nervous or excited? I'm
1: excited about it. So here's something I want to throw your way. How would you feel about having the detective that arrested me on How would you feel about that?
0: Oh, I would love that. That would be amazing. No, that would be really cool though, for you guys to be able to like chat and talk about like how you've grown, how you're using your platform now. And I think that would be amazing. If he's willing to do it, that would be unbelievable. I've spoken to
1: him briefly about it and he seemed pretty down. He just needs to get permission from the department, but uh, yeah, I think he'd be cool with it. So, I mean, that would be awesome. Yes. Hashtag
0: professionals. Hashtag professionals. Yes, we definitely are. Um, But yeah. So one of the things I'm really looking forward to is um, being able to uh, learn more about my good friend, Zach here, like um, Zach Why do you have a Never Alone tattoo and you work with a schizophrenic person? I saw that for the first time when I posted that picture on TikTok, and I I thought that was super interesting. I'm sure there's more. I just wanted to pick on you. I mean, I can't believe that's the first
1: time. I mean, you subscribe to my OnlyFans. You've seen that tattoo plenty of times. So uh, (laughs) that surprised me. That's the thing that surprised me. No, this was actually a stripe. This was a stripe that I earned when I was formally associated with people. Uh, essentially, what it meant was if I went to go deal with a certain situation, even if I was by myself, you should not treat me as if I'm alone because I carry the weight of who I'm representing. So that was that was the never alone stripe. Now it just means that I made some poor decisions and I have a tattoo. <laughs> so <laughs> uh,
0: someone said you got that tattoo just for me. <laughs> Clearly clearly all right <laughs> but yes um i mean going forward is there anything like you're really excited to learn about i mean it could be about me or some of our other guests or things that you know we're going to be looking at well, i mean
1: at. at first we should establish i genuinely don't care about you but uh what i'm kind of excited about is <laughs> that uh we like i've had a couple people who have escaped cults reach out to me and things like that Ooh. like yeah uh yeah, that was a cool one. Somebody was locked up in a cult, and like, there, like, it was a brief conversation, and it was one of those conversations. That I literally had to put my phone down and walk away from him because I'm like, I've seen some shit in my life, dog. Like, I've done yeah. and seen some shit. But just that, that's that little brief interaction where this person was describing what happened to them in this cult, and then I went and I fact checked it. And there's actually a, a Supreme Court case against that cult at this moment. Like oh, that's, like that's that's like a real life thing that's happened. Uh, so, I mean, like, I'm really excited to get those people on, you know, the stuff that I never even had considered. So, yeah.
0: Well, and a cool thing about bringing on Team Tripi today is we're going to be talking about autism and how that pertains to mental health and how just a little bit more about it. Because I think we both talked about the fact that we don't know a lot about it. Um, I know oh. you mentioned uh, Shaggy had it. And I have family members who also have autism, but it's it's not something either of us know a lot about. And I'm really excited for us to be able to keep learning new things while we do this podcast.
1: I think it's one of those things that everyone knows or at least thinks they know something about. And then when you meet somebody who actually knows about it and you hear them talk about it, they're like, oh, okay, this is a much bigger thing than I thought. So it, I think it's a great topic to bring to the show. Well, and and plus, something- um, oh, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, it's something I experienced with schizophrenia too. People think they understand it until you like are able to actually fill them in as someone who suffers from it. Um, So I think it'd be really cool to be able to get into this more and ask some questions that I've been wondering about. I'm sure you have some questions too.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. Well, what do you say? We give them a brief introduction here and we bring them in.
1: Sure. So please welcome to the show Team Tripi. He's a micro-influencer on TikTok. He runs a very mental health positive channel. He's a great guy. He's also author of the book Open is my only option, which is available now on Kindle KDP and Amazon.
0: All that's right. That's that's Welcome. Thank you so much for being here with us today.
2: Thank you very much for having me. This is unbelievably exciting. My very first podcast, and I get to do it with two people that I have already been longtime fans of. This is fantastic. Thank you, gentlemen. To,
1: to be fair, let's be honest here. You are on the show because my boyfriend has also a crush on you and is a huge fan. So
2: <laughs> let's just
1: establish that as we go along.
2: Continue you <laughs> know I'm already going ahead and anticipating manipulating you, Zach, continuously to get what I want to because, yes, I know your boyfriend wants me to officiate your wedding. So, yes, I'm Mm -hmm. using that to my advantage as much as possible.
0: As you should. As you should.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But thank you. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for having me on here. I just published the book, Open is My Only Option, and this is the first time I've gotten a chance to talk about it and also talk about autism, which is more than just my TikTok. On the TikTok, I get a minute to speak, and whatever idea comes to my head, or maybe I get a comment, I reflect reflect back on that. But an actual opportunity to have an open conversation, uh, answer questions as they come in, and what ideas is going to spawn in my head. I am definitely looking forward to this. Thank you.
1: Oh, well, that's what we do here, man. I mean, we started doing this, I mean, one, because, you know, Cody was bored and I'm gifted, but also to give people a voice, you know, uh, a platform to talk about issues. So we're really glad to have you, honestly.
2: And what you were mentioning about autism in prison, I cannot imagine how much more difficult the uh, the prison institution, the penile investment is for an autistic person, just because so many more things are heightened. It's like if everyone else in the room is feeling nice, 80 degrees, you're feeling 110. Just emotions are heightened. Physicality is heightened. So with all the stresses that come into just going to jail to begin with, for someone who's autistic, it just multiply those times 10.
1: Yeah, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely get to that. I think Cody had a dying question for you. He's been talking about it for like a day.
0: So I have. So ever since we knew we were going to be bringing you on, um, the question I wanted to start off with, because we are the Criminally Mental Podcast, And as far as I could tell from the research I did, um, autism isn't categorized as a mental illness. And I want to know how you categorize it and the ties to mental illness, just so we can see like the relevancy to what we're talking about here today. And because it's a genuine question that I have, I wasn't sure how it was categorized.
2: So now I'm not a professional. So if there's a Professional of the DSM-5, please let me, I apologize, please let me know, someone's calling me, I never get calls, who are you, go away. Um, Anyways, so, as so I was saying, I am not a professional, but I have done a lot of just research on my uh, own, on this, uh, on this topic. What I have come to uh, understand is that autism is a neurological disorder. There, The synapses in your brain just fire a little bit differently and the structure of the brain is just slightly different. So you have different chemical and electrical responses in your brain resp- regarding stimuli. Now, what happens with that is that it develops into depression, uh, anorexia, self-harm. Autism and ADHD are the preliminary steps. That's what basically you have. And then as you deal with them, as you go in further in life and you know complications come up, tragedies come up, <clears throat> you kind of descend into some of the other areas, depression, uh, self-harm. Um, so autism isn't necessarily the mental illness, but it opens the door for you to follow down paths, uh, paths of other mental illnesses.
0: Okay. And yeah, so like I had mentioned before, we are uh, planning on bringing on someone with um, Tourette's, which she had mentioned kind of the same thing, where it was a neurological di- disorder if you were to look it up, but there are so many other ties that people might not get to see to mental health and mental illness. So. Thank you so much for elaborating on that. I really appreciate it.
2: So one of the things about autism is you're extremely sensitive to outside stimuli. Uh, First, it's a spectrum. So there's going to be, for as many people like me who are extremely sensitive, there are other people who are like, you can stab me with a fork won't even feel it. Um, But people who are, so when you're sensitive to that stimuli, the stimuli builds up in a day. You start off your normal day and it's fine. And then, leaf blowers blowing, kids crying, cars breaking, someone just rubbing a piece of styrofoam, all these things kind of build up. And just throughout the day, it just builds. And that's what really does lead to the depression is that you, if you can't get a break away from it, it just builds in your life. The other thing that happens a lot with people who have autism and ADHD uh, is uh, RSD, rejection sensitive dysphoria. You get in this dysphoric cycle, a dysphoric state, and I really do reference it as a state because it's unlike anything else that I've had. And when I'm in that, I don't wanna say that I'm not controlled, um, but I cannot control my thought processes. As I'm thinking about something, as I'm fixating on something, I cannot break away from that. So if my wife and I had a fight and she said something that just irked me, all the rest of the day, I'm going to be focusing on that comment and every the possible outcome from that comment um so it is just something where other people are able to just kind of hear it and push it aside once it starts that cycle it is nigh impossible to stop it i i I need outside someone on the outside to be able to help me stop it um so again we were referring back in prison when you're with nobody who understands and is able to help you stop that that can be an extremely scary state and you also get very uh, self-destructive. Um, on the cover of my book is a picture of me without my shirt on. So with my shirt on, I look kind of normal, but without, I have about 500 scars from self-harm throughout my body, from my feet up to my, uh, to my, my chest. Um, and <clears throat> that pressure, I relieve that pressure through the, uh, through the cutting, the pressure in jail when you don't have that, when you're always afraid, you don't have any of the release, and you don't have any of the safety systems. Man, I that I can imagine that is just overwhelming. I'm sorry I keep going back to that, but you mentioned it at first, and I've been thinking about Shaggy. um I, I believe that's the one, and oh, my heart just breaks. Twain Weck, yeah, I say that. My heart. Just <laughs>
1: breaks. The funny, the, well, not funny, but uh, one of the first things that we noticed about Shaggy, I mean, he, he got placed in our cell. And it was me, Chucky, and Delicious. And the first night, he was just on his bunk with his hands over his ears and just kind of rocking back and forth. I, You know, we didn't really know what to do. Uh, we weren't sure of it. So uh, it was actually Chucky who suggested, like, why don't we make this kid some earplugs? So we made him earplugs out of uh, pieces of sock and some garbage bag, kind of made little plugs for him. And we did that. It was probably the first time that he slept uh, while he was there for the first couple nights. And after that, we just, I mean, look, none of us knew anything about autism. I still really don't, but we just identified that there are things, specific things that he can't handle. And yes. when he gets in those places, we kind of just had to remove him from the situation. Yes. And that's what worked best for him. Like, I don't yeah. know, is that a good, a good thing to do? Or is that just kind of assuming? I mean, I don't,
2: well, good and bad is a difficult answer in that thing, uh, in that situation, because you have a man who's in prison and he's going to be there for a long time. He needs to be able to operate on his own and learn how to deal with things. But there's also this is what I'm I'm struggling with in my life. You need to be able to operate on your own and learn how to deal with things, things that you are not good at. You need to be able to step up and handle them. But I'm also coming to the point where I'm at 45, and there are issues that I am just a failure with. I've been failing for so long. I'm kind of just want to give up on them and just help other, use other people to help me out with some of those executive functions because I have other skills, but the areas I fail, why just keep running into them all the time? Just keep failing and failing and failing. So if someone who's in jail like that, yes, you want them to be able to learn how to deal with situations, how to keep it in control, but there's another point where you will never Achieve that. There are certain things that that autistic mind, being in jail, they will never ever be able to be comfortable with it. They will go into a, 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 um, a breakdown every single time. So if you know they're going to fail, you know they're not able to do it. You know the damage that's going to happen once their uh, cycle is started. Yeah, sometimes it is better to just to go ahead and protect the person, just get them away from that situation, than to go through them with the cycle. Cause it's, it's tough. It's tough for the person and for the two people that love them who care for them. It's, it's tough for your family members and friends too.
1: Now here's a, here's a follow-up question. I don't mean to step on or step on here, Cody, but, uh, so my, my boyfriend is uh, on the spectrum to some degree, and you mentioned negativity. Uh, you know, and you kind of getting down on yourself. And it's something that, especially early on in our relationship, we struggled with because he would be saying things like, oh, I don't know about it. I'm, you know, I'm down about this. You know, the way I approach life is you can't stop me. You can try. I am going to kill you, but you're not going to stop me. And it's just like a, a, such a big clash with that. And it, it's to this point where now I realize there are just some things that, you know, I can't force him to accept because that's just not the way that his brain deals with this shit. And that's that's been somewhat of a struggle for me. Have you found in in your marriage, like it's been hard to you know with your partner like to kind of get you yes. out of moments or get out of things like that?
2: Yes. Jay is like you. Jay is just when she puts her head on something, she is going to accomplish it. She is just determined, and she will put her head right through a wall in order to accomplish it. Sometimes they say, hey Jay, you could sidestep some landmines, but no, she's just going to go forward. She is absolutely confident. She knows what she's doing. She knows she's going to be successful. And she just goes forward with it. Me, on the other hand, I go, boy, I am thirsty. I may have a sip of this. Now, too far away. I fail. I give up. I don't have that kind of just drive. I have failed at so many things. I'm just such a such a good failure. I'm just a phenomenally good failure that my give up has come to play really too quickly. A lot of times. Um, what was that kind of comedian had that great line, boy, you got a lot of quit in you. So yes, <laughs> I have a lot of quit in me. Um, when things get, uh, when things get tough, I just quickly look at, is it possible? Is it, am I going to be able to salvage victory out of this? And once my brain goes, nope, not possible. Okay. Oh, well lost again. Move on. I definitely don't have that. Just kind of, I will keep going no matter what. Um, but it does lead to problems in the relationship when I will get bummed and frustrated on something and Jay is saying, No, Brennan it's first quarter. It's three minutes into the game. The other team to have scored a touchdown. The game is not over. We we got other place to go. And I'm already sitting there going, Nope, fuck that. I'm gonna go have a smoke, have a drink. Game's over. We lost. Um, so it is kind of frustrating for her. I uh I don't have that confidence. I don't have the drive. And I always see the negatives and things. We have some friends who are getting married. They have asked me to officiate their wedding and they're going to get married here at our house. Jay mentioned it. And the first thing I thought of was our yard is a mess. We need to clean the driveway. We need to clean this. We need to clean that. I thought of all the reasons why it's going to be just a problem and not, to, and not doing it. And Jay's, on the other hand, just aside going, okay, chat up, Brandon. I love you. Lee, we're having your wedding here. So she sees the positive, she sees, yes, we can absolutely do this. We're going to make it fantastic. And I see the downsides. How are we going to afford this? We can't afford to do this right now. We don't have the time to clean this up. Um, so it's more frustrating. It's frustrating for both of our sides. But at the same time, when we work together on something, it is really nice to for her to come up with a great plan and for me to see reasons why it won't work for her to then go, okay, cool. Well, let's just adjust the plan until it does work fine.
1: So it can almost be, a po- in a way, if you choose the right partner, like with any mental illness, if it complements, it can kind of be a positive. I mean, I, I mean, take our partnership, for example. He's a schizophrenic, and I have a disability, too. I'm a Jew. So uh, you know, we we do work really well together. We play off each other in that way. So it's that, great to know that your partner kind of fills in the gaps where you might be lacking, and maybe you kind of bring her down to earth sometimes when she's going too gung-ho, you know, the way yeah. that I would. So that's cool
2: what is important for us is to understand where our strengths and weaknesses lay being open. I titled my book open is my only option. I'm I'm really good at that. I can tell you what my, what my faults and failures are. Um, so when both of us recognize where we excel and where we fail and leave it up to the other person, we do make an awesome team. Like I love doing stuff with Jay. It is, it's a lot of fun because I don't have to worry about a lot of stupid stuff. I know she'll get it. And she doesn't have to worry about a lot of stuff that drives her nuts because she'll know that I'll take care of that. So it's a cool partnership. Cody, you were talking about you've been with your wife since you were 17 before you started, uh, before you found out about your uh, um, schizophrenia.
0: Yeah. So me and my wife met um, when I was like 15. um, But we started dating when I was 17. And yeah, it wasn't about, it wasn't until I was about 19 that I started having symptoms and I really started developing schizophrenia. And so she got to watch the entire process um, from my very first hallucinations to the denial to the not wanting to go get treatment. I went almost two years without a diagnosis or treatment before I finally um, went in. And a large part of why I went in was because of her and my mom trying to, um, you know, encourage me and help me realize that I was struggling. And I mean, like both of you guys just said, a lot of it is being able to be with someone who is able to equal out some of the more negative things you go through. My wife is a super positive, smiley person. And when I'm really struggling, she's always there to um, help distract me, help ground me. And it's, it's really nice that she's been here for the entire process. I didn't have to try to date as a schizophrenic person, Mm -hmm. which I think would have been really difficult. People always ask me about that. So, you know, I think, I think, it's a really good point to make is that, you know, the people we're with can really be a huge part of, you know, the things we struggle with and a huge um, aspect of what gets us through what we struggle with as well.
1: And I'd like to, I'd like to bring something up, just kind of throwing this out there, see how you boys feel about this. Uh, Isn't it kind of amazing that people with disabilities, whatever they may be, mental illness, you know, we all suffer from something in this room, we are attracted and attract like the strongest, most dependable people on this planet. Yeah, I mean, like, I like, I have never, i have not in my life have I ever met somebody with mental illness whose partner isn't just like a demigod of a
0: person? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, it's, it's,
1: I mean, like, do you guys understand how much shit my boyfriend has to put up with on a daily basis? Oh yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah I but, get it. Uh,
2: I can only assume because i'm pretty confident that i am far worse than you are zach no i am pretty i'm damn confident i am far worse to live with than you are so if your if your boyfriend has to do with anything a uh, half as much as my poor wife has to do with i mean the man gets a medal
0: I was i was in a i was literally in a delusional state for two years so if you guys think your spouses or significant others have struggled my wife basically used to try to have conversations with me, and I wasn't speaking words. I was speaking gibberish for about a year. Like Nothing I said made sense because I couldn't sleep. I was delusional. I was paranoid, and she helped get me through it. So I I don't know whose spouse or significant other has it the hardest, but they all definitely... I think
1: think if we're going to be realistic here, the winner would probably go to Cody's spouse. Yeah. Just... Just because he is, let's be fair, unattractive. Okay, I, I, knew was I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. the quality of the physical aesthetic. I mean, like, I'm gorgeous. drive is obviously gorgeous. Cody, you're be all right. But, I you mean, know, I, I think is that. I'd
2: well, like to point this out. One of the things that I definitely have going for me, I mean, I'm, I'm mentally fucked. There's no doubt about that. But I'm also very tall, so I can reach to the roof. I can get to, things off top, top shelves. Uh, so being tall has helped me out a lot. Making Jay just look back the fact that I'm, you know, fucking crazy.
0: Yeah. So I have that too. Zach, how
1: tall are you? Five four, five five. I'm uh, five eight and the fuck you, Cody. That's how tall I am.
0: <laughs> and not as bad. for the as for the me not being attractive, is your boyfriend still in the chat here? Where's your boyfriend in the chat? Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
2: sorry, Zach. Can you speak up? I can't really hear under six feet very well.
0: <laughs> oh oh man i'm just gonna leave <laughs> oh here we go this is the comment i was looking for <laughs> not valid
2: <laughs> look at that picture now i'm gonna have nightmares thank you Artie
0: hard else
2: edison that's eddie yeah, that's, no, my right.
1: that's my boyfriend that's that's his art
2: that's his art thank you yeah. oh my lord
0: I know. So, <laughs> That's going to make me I, not sleep I well. I just want to answer this question we just got. Um, yes, our podcast will be on Spotify. So we're doing this live right now on YouTube and Facebook. And if you want to come back, listen to me or Team Tripi, possibly Zach. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, and many other podcast streaming platforms. Also, want
1: to do a shout out to uh, Cody's OnlyFans, Power Bottoms for Jesus. So <laughs> please, uh, check that out.
2: I've got, I, I don't know what to do with these microphones here. I'm not experienced on this. Zach, I have a question for you. When you were talking about, uh, it was Shaggy, uh, correct? Uh, with, mm-hmm. That had the be autism. Um, what sort of stimming did you notice? You were saying that he was sitting there kind of covering up his ears and rocking. What other uh, stimming did you notice that he would do?
1: That's a great, that's a great question. Okay. So uh, I remember one time a guard played uh, walking on the sun. You know, that 90s song, walking yeah. on the sun on his radio from his like control room and he blasted it for all of us so we could hear it and uh i was sitting next to shaggy and all of a sudden shaggy started doing one of these things i don't know what what to call this but he yeah, started he just, like him. yeah just uncontrollably getting into the music Sorry, and, uh people kind of kind of looked at him and then he kind of put his head down real quick and said sorry i do that when i get really happy you know so that that was one of his things he, he would definitely do that um the other thing I can remember is just there were certain things he just would not touch for the life of him. Just uh-huh. odd things to me, like he, he could not handle uh, toothbrush bristles, like mm-hmm. the 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 hard part of it. Like he really didn't like brushing his teeth. It was almost like a chore every night. Be like, shaggy you brush your teeth," you know. Uh, but that was those are the things that really stuck out to me.
2: For the sound of styrofoam touching styrofoam it drives me nuts. It will put me into a a, a near violent place, rubbing a hand on styrofoam. Uh, there are a few other sounds. There's a few other effects that just will send me through the roof.
1: I feel the same way about country
0: music. (laughs) (laughs) I do too. Um, so an interesting thing to talk about here, um, because I'm not sure if you're aware, uh, team trap, um, Shaggy was schizophrenic and autistic. So I actually have heard of this in several cases where there's some people who have both. And to me- That is the craziest combination because like you just said with stimming, um, if you watch videos that I've posted where I'm having schizophrenic episodes, Mm -hmm. I have, I don't stim, but I'll like hit myself or I'll cover my ears. And Zach's also talked about him doing that. So it's interesting to see the correlation between, you know, which of his tics or stims came from his autism or from his schizophrenia too.
2: I noticed, uh, Cody, when you, and a few times in your TikTok videos, uh, If case anyone's not on here, we're all TikTokers. We, uh, we all yeah. make t- uh, TikToks on Team tri I've noticed, Cody, on a few of your videos, um, you look down. There is a weird blankness that comes over in your eyes, and you almost immediately look down. And I was only able to pull it, pick it up because you mentioned post that that's what happened. You were experiencing a hallucination. Um, and then since I've seen it with you, it's just been fascinating to watch. It's this weird thing with your eyes and then you uh, look down um, and then just a head bob a little bit. And it's, I was wondering about your wife if she is able to pick it out when you are, uh, when you are seeing something that is not there.
0: Yeah. So she can pick it out. I've never been able to. And people always ask me that they're like, are you closing your eyes on purpose? Um, And it's more involuntary. I don't even notice it until afterwards when I see the video of it, but she does pick up on it. And the crazy thing about the first video I saw of Zach's, I got tagged in because he was doing a skit where he was being shaggy. And he does, um, if you watch Zach's skits, he does the entire effect where he covers his eye and twitches. Yes. um, Like having a hallucination. And I loved it because I was like, that is such real representation. And so if I was Zach, I would have been afraid of backlash, you know, people being like, Hey, why are you doing that? But I loved it because I was like, that is, if you watch my videos, it's a hundred percent how I react when I'm having an episode. And so to bring that realness to it, I had a lot of respect for him. I've lost a lot of that based on, you know, um, <laughs> on you his know. and whatnot. Know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> when I was, when I was young, uh, in my early twenties, um, uh, for, a. Uh, Cody, correct me if I'm wrong on this. If you are 30 years or older and you don't have signs of schizophrenia, you're not going to get it. It's something that develops in younger people. Am I correct in that?
0: It's it's more common. So it's really less common to happen before 18 or after 30. That's um, 18 to 25 is the sweet spot for males. For females, it's a little bit older. I think it's like up, up until 30 and then it's Usually after that, it's OK. But obviously there are cases of childhood schizophrenia and people in their 30s and 40s. It's just not super common.
2: Not super common. When I was back younger, I am um, called little man. It's a voice that goes on inside my head. And it's just always just telling me awful things, just telling me awful things that I've done. And the reason I've cut so many times is because the only thing I could find that would shut that voice up. For a while when i was younger i was worried about myself being schizophrenic because the voice just became it was never visual i never saw him there but it became so consuming in my life i could barely even have a conversation with someone else right in front of me because the voice would be so loud so omnipresent non-stopping um, that for a, a good while there, I was concerned if I had schizophrenia myself because I just couldn't get this voice outside of my head and it didn't, it wasn't like my thoughts. It was just something totally foreign. Um, and once I hit 30 and, you know, into my, into my thirties, I started realizing that probably not that there's other areas that I, when I did research on, it just did not add up, but I was, I was concerned myself for a, for a good while there. Cause that voice was just horrendous.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think Zach, you were going to mention something about Shaggy or something before we before we jumped in oh, there.
1: I, I mean, I just thought it was a good um, good time to ask this question because I was kind of so I like I, I legitimately debated bringing Shaggy onto the channel for a long time just because like I mean one I'm already on thin ice playing a black character in my skits <laughs> I mean it's kind of I'm doing the triple set now with somebody who's you know mentally disabled so uh, if First of all, my question is to both of you, is it it, like if there's something I do that is not properly representing that uh, demographic, please let me know. And has there been anything that I've done that uh, you felt has been an improper uh, representation? Because I would want to know. I I mean,
2: I'm the wrong person to ask. Part of my autism means that I don't get things like I don't get a lot of jokes. I just things that other uh, jokes things that other people say i just kind of go okay um so i if you have said anything that was insulting or that i should have been i didn't i didn't get it i'm i'm sorry so i'm luckily as a man i'm not a man who's get offended very often at all (laughs) it's been most of my life being unoffended Uh, the sad part is is just because i don't get it if people are making jokes about me or not it's the truth
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's crazy. You bring that up. I can, I will always remember the day on the yard that we had to explain to Shaggy what racial segregation was. Cause he, it was just a concept so foreign to him. He did not get it. He just came up one day and was like, why do these guys want me to go sit with them? And we're like, well, cause you're white and they think you should sit with them. And he was just like, well, why would that be a thing? And I'm like, because they feel that you are like them and we're not like you. And he just just couldn't like he could not grasp this concept of oh there's different races of people and I thought that was so pure I I, I love that
2: I mean Zach doesn't understand pun fun facts
1: oh my gosh thank you darling thank you for bringing that up appreciate that
0: that's awesome I'm gonna use that in the future um,
1: <laughs> but we'll never uh, see anybody
0: <laughs> we'll see. Um, so my, I know you, you barely care about my opinion here, Zach, but honestly, um, I do love your perception of um, how you, you know, showed shaggy schizophrenia. And obviously I can't speak for the autism side, but the schizophrenia, you do a really good job at like not sugarcoating anything. And you don't ever try to like, you don't ever try to pretend like it's something it's not. Um, people like to exaggerate schizophrenia sometimes, or people like to play it down like it's not an issue. I don't see you do either. I feel like you are very genuine about it. And mm-hmm. if you're representing someone who is schizophrenic or autistic, being genuine is the best thing you can do, you know, because you're not that person, but you're portraying them as well as you can. You're not sugarcoating anything. You're not hiding anything and that's the best you can do on your end and i think you do a really good job with that
2: when you talk about when you talk about shaggy not wanting to hurt people because he doesn't like the feeling of your videos those are the ones that i actually identify with the most um uh just past experiences i've i've had to hurt people before and i don't like the sounds that people make when they get hurt i don't like the internal sounds and it sticks with me so i don't i don't like hurting people i i really want to avoid it i go out of my way to make sure i'm never in a situation where i have to hurt people um what how you explain shaggy there i understand that very well of just hey if other people want to do it fine but i don't like the feet when people get hurt they make bad sounds and those sounds stick with you and i don't like it um so yeah i i loved when you were doing shaggy on that because i really identified with what what we were explaining through his eyes
1: that's really good i, I appreciate that guys i mean try find more more you than cody obviously but i do appreciate yeah
2: it. <laughs> um i have i have a question i have a question for for both of you guys you guys gotten to know me a little bit you've gotten to know kind of my personality if i came onto the yard Told you guys before I've committed some crimes before. If I got caught for one of those crimes and I am coming onto the yard, what chance do I have? Do I get killed on the first day? Do our people kind of go, nah, he's okay, just leave him alone. What kind of chance do a personality like me have?
1: Can I take this? Can can I take this? Yeah,
2: you
0: can take this one. You can take
1: this. Okay. So there is a phenomenon that happens while you're locked up and where like, you think like the, the general stereotype is you gotta be hard. You gotta be tough, you know, all these things. And that's how prisoner jail is going to be. The reality is a lot of the people who end up getting the most respect are the people who are just honestly weird and stand up people. I mean, like I knew a guy, I knew a guy who used to make, uh, he used to, uh, gosh, what was it? Star Wars figurines out of soap, and then act out the scenes of Star Wars with the soap. to other well, like you
2: people. do, like, like you, you do, do.
1: <laughs> and everyone loved that cat. Like everyone, like nobody, <laughs> nobody would dare fuck with that guy. Because if you did, somebody else would end you right quick. So I mean, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. You would do. I feel like you would be the guy on the yard that everyone would be like,
0: I, "Oh, he's cool." Yeah.
2: Jay says that I would become everyone's psychologist, a psychiatrist very quickly.
0: <laughs> Maybe. Um, I feel like, I feel like I was um, almost taken care of, like people watch over you if you're really struggling because like Shaggy, I wasn't diagnosed. I think people could actively tell that I was struggling and having hallucinations. And I think people kind of look over you um, if they can tell you're actively struggling because the worst thing you can do when you're incarcerated is mess with people. And if you're struggling, you're not messing with anyone, you're keeping to yourself People and this is for the most part. I'm sure this isn't a hundred percent anywhere you go. No, but I obviously. feel like for the most part, if you're really struggling, people are gonna, if anything, look over you and make sure you're not getting messed with too much by people who are just trying to take advantage of you. Which I think Zach shows that with Shaggy. You know, they took care of him, they did all they could because I mean, who's gonna help him? What's he gonna do by himself? You know, it's it's it sucks, but I, I really
1: I think it's an interesting situation. I, I really do. I touch on this in my book a little bit. Um, we are all the rejects of society. Everyone in this podcast, everyone on this show, we <laughs> are society's throwaways. Amen. So when someone come, when somebody comes into our circle that needs help, we see a little bit of ourselves in them. And the same thing happens in prison. You know, we're like literally what society does not want to see on a daily basis. So there is just like an instant fraternal instinct to be like, all right, look, you're one of us. We're going to kind of make sure that you're okay. You know, it's just a base human thing that happens. So.
0: Well, and I'll say this a million times. So if you're listening to the podcast, just know that I'm going to say this a million times throughout our time together. I honestly, honestly believe there are more people in jail and prison that are in need of psych wards and recovery facilities instead of prison there are more people suffering from addiction and mental illness that need facilities that are set up to help them instead of being put in prison cuz it's not helping them or anyone else in there including the guards the guards aren't they're not prepared to take care of someone with autism or schizophrenia you know they're not trained for that so i honestly will die on that on that thought of there are way more people in jails and prisons in need of psychiatric facilities and recovery clinics. No, that's absolutely
1: true. I mean, I, I, with the first time I got locked up, the first little bit I did, I went in a junkie. I was just a junkie. When yep. I left, I was a criminal with connections to an organization that I worked for for years, and they took so much of my life from me doing what i did for those people that i never would have ever been interested in. when you're a junkie all you're thinking about is your fix you're not thinking about what job you're going to do for somebody or how you're going to you know commit crimes i mean you just want to be well you know but I, i'm sorry Trepa, i didn't mean to step on you go ahead
2: no 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 i'm listening to you i would I agree sorry. in exactly with you what we were just saying about you just want to you just want to feel better for right then that's all you're thinking yeah. about um yeah the uh i'm not being a big fan of the current occupants of 1600 black lives matter avenue yeah i said it um <laughs> the one thing that he has done that i actually do applaud him for was back in 17 or 18 when he had the police ref- uh, the prison reform bill
0: uh first step to act first yes. step act
2: yes yep. trying to uh, do from federal inmates from i think 225 to 150 over the next five years i think that's one of the goals as well as yep. some Um, Some things that you were trying to work on, uh, Cody, trying to make it easier for people uh, prior incarceration to get back into jobs, get back into uh, housing. So that's that's one thing he did. I actually feel, hey, good job. You took a first step. We need a fucking marathon now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. done asshole. So now I'm hoping that Biden will at least maybe take the next hundred yards. I'm not expecting us to finish the marathon, you know, one presidency, but at least take the next hundred yards. So we stop from saying criminals to saying people.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I think I think the problem with that is it's such viewing people as criminals is a money making enterprise.
2: Oh, and that is.
1: That is, I think, the biggest problem that we have because when somebody stops being a criminal and they're a human, suddenly the things that we're doing to them seem very wrong and very evil. You
2: You mean like slavery? Like people will say, oh, America abolished slavery in 1864. No, it's still in our constitution. We never abolished slavery except in the case of prisoners. So yes, it is criminal how we are treating criminals. I don't like that. It's criminal how we are treating convicts. Yeah. And so I'm so glad that when Cody, uh, when Zach told me you guys were doing this podcast and invited me on, I got excited by this because yes, I have a lot of strong personal feelings about how we need to radically change the prison institution. And we need a, perpetual revolution, not just one change that's going to make it better for now, but to realize that every change change we do, everything we make better, five years from now, we need to reevaluate it again, and 10 years from now, doubly so. It's a continuous revolution that we need to do, that we need to make to, yes, when people commit a crime, they need to be held accountable for it, but not right off an person's entire life because they made a mistake on a Friday night. You are not the worst thing you have ever done. Uh, a friend of mine was told that when the he was going off to jail because he pulled his car over his little girl he was drunk and he killed his little, uh, killed his little girl oh and God. he was sentenced to uh, seven years for that and he was judged sentenced away and his lawyer that's the last thing his lawyer told him just don't you are not the worst thing you've ever done you are still a full person before you went in there you'll be a full person when you come out you've done a lot of good things don't this does not define you and that's no. the same thing for everyone
0: I don't think you realize how much that means to two felons. Like, because yeah, I, we constantly get judged on the worst day in our lives or the worst days, depending on how long uh, you went in, you know? And so it's, yeah, we've made mistakes, but I think people who see our content, listen to us, they would all agree. Like we've learned from them. We try to help people better understand, you know, mental health, criminal justice, why not to do things? And so it's, it's really cool to hear you say that, you know, because I, I, I'm maybe I'm speaking for Zach here, but at least in my yeah. perspective, that's how I feel hundred percent.
1: It's such a refreshing thing to hear too. I mean I live I like like Cody I live in a small town,
0: a very yeah. small town
1: you know uh, it, you go past BFE I'm the town right next to it. so mm-hmm. in this small town, the few interactions I've had with the police that's all that anyone in this town remembers me by you know that that that's it. I am that moment in time forever. It doesn't matter of all the things I've done after that. That's just what I am. And I mean, it's rough and it's so refreshing to hear anybody say, you know what? Yeah, you may have been this at one time, but you're not now. Yeah. Because I don't think I don't hear that ever. I mean, I, I, I can't speak. Yeah, no, I,
0: I never hear that. And it's something that it's really tough because even in, in jail or prison, I know my circumstances, mine are kind of weird, where my schizophrenia and my development of schizophrenia really played a role into my charges Um, because I was using, because of my schizophrenia, I was in an accident. And so um, I had an accident. I made a mistake. I didn't purposely hurt anyone. I didn't commit a crime on purpose, but I went in and was treated like a criminal. And I got out and I'm still treated like a criminal for a mistake. You know, like I never had the intent to harm. To this you know, day, people look, look at me. Do I look like I intend to hurt anyone? You know, like, and I mean, our entire
2: system is built on minis rea, the mind of the crime. You obviously did not have that mind at all, and a seriously questionable mind when you committed the crime. Um, but I am sure that the state provided to, to you top flight quality legal protection and advisement in every step of the way, <laughs> made sure your rights were defended from the get go. <laughs>
1: The, the crazy the, the, the yeah, that is funny. The crazy thing about that, Cody, is uh every minute of my time that I did, I knew that I should have been there. I yeah. was a bad person doing bad things. I it was my job to fucking hurt people at one point in time. And I was good at it. So I realized that. So doing my time wasn't a big deal to me. If anything, like, like I can remember actually at my, like when I, when I was getting sentenced and uh, before sentencing and they asked me to put in my plea and the judge asked me, how do you plea? I said, I did the hell out of that because it, it was up, you know, like I did it, you know, like I can't, I have no defense over this. I can't even imagine what that would be like to really be there because of unfortunate circumstances. I mean i chose every part of my path they were the wrong choices but nevertheless i chose it so yeah. I, I honestly don't even know if i could handle time w- with that with that mindset you know i mean so it's, it's an interesting it's an interesting thing to think about for me
2: so. zach i believe you were the one who br- was bringing it up earlier today the uh, uh, bail the amount of people that are in a long trial and so they're kept at the uh, county jail or the jail but it could be two or three years and then someone says not guilty Cool, here's all your time back. Here's a present. You get all your time back cuz you did nothing yeah. wrong. We were wrong in arresting you, but no, you're going to spend that time in jail because you're not wealthy. <laughs> That's fun.
1: Yeah, it's it's the bail for profit system and it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, fortunately there, there are places in America that right now are trying to if not abolish to restructure it where everybody gets immediate bail but they're put on like a payment system, which I think I think most people would agree to given the choice. As opposed to the system we have now i mean like i was when i was sitting in county one of the guys in my pod had been there for seven years fighting his case because he had two hung juries and one retrial so that entire time he was there and because you would imagine
2: they he would get after the first hung jury they should give him a uh let him bail out on that yeah but again unless you have a good lawyer filing those forms because that takes about 50 different petitions and uh, uh notions to file so unless you have that lawyer willing to do that time, you ain't gonna get it. Yeah. All right,
1: so boys
0: to. So I want to ask you one more question before we take a few questions from the people that are viewing right now. But before we do that, um, let's have a brief minute for our sponsors, Anchor. All right, now that that's over, <laughs> if you're listening <laughs> to the podcast, <laughs> that. Um, but. So, my last question for you is um as a person with schizophrenia and you know Zach as whatever he is, um, do you short we agree yeah, really short? Short, yes, perfect. Do you deal with uh any stigma or misunderstanding that you'd like to clarify about um autism while well, you're here with us today? So, like I talk a lot about misunderstandings between um DID and schizophrenia. Is there anything that people think or say commonly about autism that you would like to touch on?
1: Yeah, is it true grant wishes?
0: <laughs> no. No.
2: Wow, that's an interesting question. I, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you, Zach. I was wondering um, if it's
1: true grant grant wishes. Is that a real thing for autistic people if you catch them?
2: Um, yeah. Zach, I DM'd you about that. We're supposed to keep that down. We're live here. Can you just
1: mm-hmm? on. <laughs> uh,
2: No, there's not many. uh, No, I don't get many questions. Most of the people are are with me are just very positive with me. Um, I'm also huge. So if people are going to be saying shit about me, they usually don't do it to me. Uh, The one thing that I would like to get across to people is how severe the physicality is uh in my book i'm gonna plug my book again open is my only option please go read my book i describe it i say that um everyone gets nervous so say if you were gonna go someone tells you that you uh, you and me we're gonna have a fight you and brandon are gonna have a fight you might get a little bit nervous about that i'm 6 4 i'm about 225 pounds 200 pounds 205 pounds about 20 years of martial arts experience um so you might be a little bit nervous if you and i were gonna get in a fight that's normal that's a neurotypical person An autistic person, it's like saying, no, you're going to get a fight, but with Mike Tyson. Just for the autistic person, it's going to be, wait, he's going to fucking kill me. Brandon might just maybe give me a black eye. Mike Tyson's going to fucking kill me. It is that sort of different feeling between fighting me and fighting Mike Tyson. That is what the autistic person goes through on a normal day so many times a day. So what a feeling that somebody else gets, it's just, uh, oh, what's the big deal? Easy to brush it off. For me, it is. Oh my God, that is just overwhelming, um, and that is the hardest part for me to communicate with others. Is what it, you may not see it, uh, but I am uh, through. Something affects me, and it might affect somebody else. They will not even think about it; they just just the past go right past it. For me, it is a major psychological effect, and I need time to recoup from it. Um, doesn't take too long. I mean, sometimes even just a minute. But if I get hit with something hard, I, I I need some time just to sit there, stunned, just quietly, just completely detached from anything, uh, to get back in the game. So my brain is functioning right again. Uh, without that, you're not going to get a good brand in responding to you.
0: Awesome. Well, unless Zach has another question here, um, I was going to take a few. Questions from our live audience here. If anyone has any questions about Miss uh, Stevens, politics. we're not
2: comfortable oh. calling him the leprechaun to his face. We do that off air.
1: That's actually Neve. She's a friend of mine. So, I mean, she gets a pass, but it's kind of one of those things that, you know, like she can do, but, you know, not a, coffee
0: that she can do <laughs> and we're going to continue to do. So,
1: I will kill both of you.
0: Okay. No um, so, we got one here from Nay. It says, My daughter is being, um, Investigated for autism at the moment. At the moment, she's three tomorrow. What's your best advice for dealing with a child who's autistic?
2: Give yourself patience. So, an autistic child, my son is Kepler. I don't know. I'm hoping the microphone isn't picking him up. He's screaming through the other room. They are going to have meltdowns a lot. The you're so you're going to love your child. There's no doubt about that. You already love your child, and if you find out they're autistic. You're just finding out more information about them. They're not any different. You just have more information about them. Give yourself some patience and some understanding. You're going to just go, God, am I screwing this all up? I I had to get away from the yelling. There's going to be a thousand things that you do that you're going to want to beat yourself up for it. Dealing with an autistic child is difficult. From an autistic child and a father of a autistic child we're nightmares we're lovable we can be sweet kids but we can also be nightmares so give yourself a little bit of patience give yourself some time to get away give yourself some forgiveness for past mistakes have a short memory you're doing better than you think you are so be better to yourself
0: all right um someone everyone keeps asking me to keep and ask to put this question up um, and it says, as someone who identifies as a male, would you rather um, bottle it up than ask for help? And how do you ask for help? So this is something I've talked about, even with mental health. But
1: I think you're reading that wrong. As somebody who considers himself a man, that would rather hit the bottle than ask for help. Oh, pfft. how would you ask for help? Bottle Are you new here? here? Are I, you new
0: here? That's, yes, yeah, I, I am. am. Sorry about that. <laughs> My bad. But either way, it's it's the same idea. As you know, as a man, I think. It's, it's something that we're taught to live with. So,
2: so I don't, without trying to be too graphic at a point that I get a nickel and solder it to a piece of metal and bring the nickel up to where it's red hot and I can lay it on my skin and you don't see any difference on my face. You would never know it. That is a problem. That is me bottling it up rather than just talking about it. And again, I can't go to a, be anywhere topless or else everyone's going to be looking at me and talking with me i am fucked up scarred up so i went the long way the wrong way for a long time and that was the end result of it is me being scarred up now since TikTok, since my book i'm talking about my entire book is open as my only option i am going the opposite of that i am saying fuck you to that mindset i am just gonna if i have feelings i'm gonna talk about them if i have if i'm gonna cry i'm gonna cry you guys have probably seen my videos crying before So I have since turning 45, just said, fuck that bullshit. I'm just gonna feel, and if other people have problems with it, they can pound salt. And it turned out it was really easy to start asking for help. I had built this up in my entire life about this monstrous nightmare of a thing when I told someone and they were gonna do awful things to me, but no, in reality, when I was just say, hey, Jay, I'm having a little bit of a cycle right now. Can you just just be nice to me for a second? she will stop whatever she's doing and go, oh, hey, did I tell you your eyes are just sparkly today, Brandy, they're just diamonds. She'll just do something to make me feel nice. Once I broke down and was actually started asking for help, it became so much easier.
0: All right, um, Zach, since I apparently can't read, uh, do you wanna read this last question? Again, Team Trapi, thank you so much for being here today. Um, we really appreciate it. We are thank closing you. up here, so I was gonna let you answer this last question for us. and. I just wanted to thank you again. And uh, thanks to Zach for thinking of bringing you on.
1: Yeah, thank Eddie for that. But yeah, you're
0: welcome.
1: (laughs) Uh, So the final question, was going to school a challenge for you at all? Where I'm from, kids were very brutal towards the students with autism when it came to bullying anyways. That's a good question.
2: So for me, I'll go and answer this quick. Let's see. We got two minutes left. For me, when I went to school, this was I went to high school, uh, graduated in 93. So the only thing we knew about autism was from Rain Man. So no one really knew I was autistic, that wasn't understood there, but that I did have a neurological disorder, that was obvious, everyone could tell that. What was really ironic is that I got picked on for my voice constantly. Uh, People would see me as when I'd be walking down the halls, they'd go (laughs) So people would pick on my voice, and so that's what I got a lot of trouble for. Yes, school is always tough for me, I need to read something three times before I learn it. Um, But the bullying happened for my voice. So now, being an adult on TikTok and every comment that says, I love your voice, just...
1: thank you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, I don't well, know when, when people notice my traps. <laughs> I do you have them? I have you don't, you got to do one of these things. We don't know what you got. Want to take it to the gun show? Oh, oh, what's that? What's that? Is that hey. a big
1: gun or call me Zach? Oh.
0: I'm pretty so, so, sure your boyfriend's still in here, Zach. Be careful.
1: I'm, I'm,
0: I'm
2: turning his boyfriend on for him and getting his boyfriend nice and horny right now.
0: <laughs> uh, he, he's probably sending me
1: messages right now telling me to stop. That's probably. It. <laughs> <laughs> just,
0: <laughs> All <be> right. <laughs> well, once again, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. This was a really interesting episode. I feel like I learned a lot and I'm sure Zach always learns when he's talking to anyone besides himself. Um, So (laughs) uh, we do thank you for being here. And I really appreciate you taking this time today. Thank you
2: very much for having me. Plug my book. Open is my only option. Go to Amazon. Buy it. It's only five bucks.
0: Nice. All right. Any final words, Zach, before we head out for the day?
1: I just want to say... Try You are doing the wedding. You're officiating. I'm really happy about that. Thank you so much for being on the show. And guys, remember next week, we're having the master of the nerds. Colin Ray is going to be love on him. the show. Uh, no, you don't, but uh, <laughs> uh, he's going to be here. So, um, I mean, we'll also be here. So tune in for that part, but he's kind of okay too.
0: All right. Thank you so much, everyone. We are really looking forward to next week and we will see you live. Make sure to check us out on all streaming platforms most streaming platforms, but thank you everyone and have a great day.
1: Wait, are we still live? I think he just ended.
0: Two, (laughs) one,
2: end.
1: I don't know if he ended it yet because we're